So, I guess it's time to get started. I've drank my martini, so if you want to get through the, uh, you know, the the opening part here, I'm going to go grab my other drinks. Okay, all right. We're going to go ahead and start so, this. I don't want to uh, step away, but I need to go get my drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John's got to do what he's got to do, but we'll talk about Let's it. get this show on the road. All right, I've started it. We're just we're just at the Lion's Gate opening right now, so not a big deal. So John's going to take his time to get what he needs to do. Um... We don't have any uh, audio. Uh, we're going to keep the audio. So it'll just be John and I talking through the film, uh, adding commentary um, as we go along. Just um, So if you guys want to, watch it watch it along. We just started it. We're now at a uh, at the beginning credits, a Mikhail Hastrom film. Um, I don't know if I said that name right. But essentially, we just want to keep this as like... We don't want to get this taken down. Um, so opening scene... John Cusack, Samuel Jackson, basically a rainy night. That's the best way to put it. He's driving. And now 1408. It is. Alright, John's John has joined us with the creepy ass. <laughs> Which aren't working, by the way. Or at least it doesn't seem yeah, to be. Yeah, they're not working. I turned them on. They're not working. <laughs> So, anyways, John Cusack is lost, obviously. He cannot find this hotel. Rainy night. Um, I, the Weeping Beach Inn. I, I don't remember it being like a, um, like, I, I remember it being like a fancy hotel. But maybe I'm like a fancy New York hotel or something, not something that's... It like, is, but there's an intro. There's kind of a slow intro to it. Okay. The movie kind of starts off... This is him staying in some other haunted hotel. Or whatever. Um, By the way, I don't know why that opening scene kind of reminded me of it, but not more of a psychological thriller than a horror, but Mm -hmm. John Cusack movie. Identity. I think it's a good movie. Yeah! That's funny that you... Because I thought that way, too, when I saw him, like, driving in the rain and stuff. I was like... That's a not creepy, but maybe a psychological thriller. Okay, yeah, like it's identity a psychological was thriller, but yeah, identity was a good movie. Um, not to ruin it, spoilers for anyone, but it's basically like a killer who's got like fourteen personalities living in his head. Yeah. So it's a two thousand and three movie. Like it's almost it's nineteen years old. Spoil the shit out of it. <laughs> So this does kind of set it up about how, like, who he is, what he's doing, um, you know, and and them, again, they're happy to see him because they're going to tell the story, which means they're going to bring in more people like him who want this type of, you know, they want, they want the, like, there's, there's a niche tourist industry out there for this type of, and that's, I think that's kind of thing to bring, and support to his character development this. He does, this is his job. It's what he does. He's a writer who writes about scary hotels and stuff that he stays at. He himself is a skeptic. He doesn't believe. He's He's been to all these places. He's never seen anything. Nothing's ever happened. Yes. Very kind of crucial to how he ends up putting himself in the situation he puts himself in. Which is... You know, it's funny because we talk about this. Because... Um, the movie The Shining kind of came from Stephen King staying his his own experiences of staying in the Stanley Hotel that one night, um, and what it like the the kind of creepiness that he had there. And he didn't go there for the creepiness factor. It's just something that kind of happened to him, or he said happened to him during it. So it's interesting that he's writing a character that's kind of Stephen King ish, but more of like a skeptic right like Stephen King would be a believer yes like yeah like he's like he's writing a jaded version of himself kind of exactly yeah yeah yeah. like if I was this way this is what I would be so but it's just him pacing in this room in the middle of nowhere in this hotel in the middle of nowhere talking about nothing because I I like the scene after this because he's at a book signing and he's talking to his you know the few fans that show up you know he's he himself he's not this tremendously successful author but enough you know 
so yeah, and, and he's talking to people, and they're, they're actually kind of surprised to learn that he himself's not really a believer. And they're like, like you don't believe in all this? And he's like, well, I'm just saying, I've never seen a ghost. I come to all these hotels, I bring all this equipment with me, I test for all this stuff, I use all the latest technology. I've never had an experience. And he just kind of kindly offhands, like, I think ghost stories are good business choices for places that have been cut off by the building of an interstate, basically. So yeah, yeah. if you're in an out-of-the-way town in middle America and an interstate got built and now nobody comes through your place anymore, making a ghost story about your hotel is a good business decision, essentially. I love that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. It kind of works, because you saw that on Ghost Hunters, too, a lot. I don't, did you ever watch Ghost Hunters? I didn't. I heard that. Didn't they get caught faking something? That I don't know. Um, I, there was one that we always joked about. Not you and I, but just in general. Like, the Ghost Bros. And I don't know if it's the same. These guys would just be like, Bro! 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 Ghost Brothers? I remember Ghost yeah. Brothers. Well, but they... I don't remember if they're called the Ghost Brothers or not. They're just... I can't... Oh, yeah, they were. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was... It's like normal ghost... It's like, here's three black ghost hunters, like, going and acting the way black people do when they encounter ghosts. Like, oh, shit, fuck no. Like, nothing. <laughs> and then there was the other one. Uh, I can't remember the other one, but it was, like, the, the opposite. It was, like, redneck ghost hunters. Like, yeah, oh, was, God, like, dude. <laughs> um... So Ghost, I think, because Ghost Hunters was the one on sci-fi, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, And I think a couple of them were skeptics. Um, and a couple of them really believed in the whole thing. They were, like, I think the first the first big one. They, they really but they got would, the ball rolling. Yeah, but they I, wouldn't. They would go think... into these places and debunk them, essentially. That was their point. Like, is this real or is this not? So um, there was one on the Travel Channel, though. Um, that was really bad. Um, but I, I swear that they made more shit up. Ghost Adventures. Um, they made more shit up. They were far and away the most entertaining. They were, but that's because they made shit up. They're like, oh, we're getting possessed. You know, that kind of bullshit. Like, they'd stand in a circle and get possessed. Here's the part where you're talking Uh, about where, like, oh, you don't believe this shit. And yeah, he's he's explaining. Like, I think it's just a a gimmick. Hmm. Oh, that's right. Because he's a real writer. He's like he's like, you know who he's like? Our English teacher in high school, a real writer that unfortunately had to find a niche that he's not happy with. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's so sad. That's a different guy. Ah, uh, see, he's just... So, you almost have to wonder, like, somebody who gets, like, popular writing these, like, weird novels like this, these yeah. weird it's, truths. Because he wrote, and, like, that fan who came up with his, like, first book, which nobody knows about, and that was actually, like, a book he wanted to write, and nobody cared, and so he ended yeah. up, you know, finding why commercial success. Yeah. He ended up yeah. finding commercial success with these stupid kind of haunted place books <laughs> writing crap <laughs> which seems to almost be the way with I think most writers unfortunately so. when I was, and, I, and you see this in Hollywood too like sometimes you have to make some stuff you have to get your name out there you have to sit and have some success Yeah. and then you can make what you want like mm-hmm. you can take some time away to like make your project yeah. and not you're not necessarily worried about its commercial success. Exactly. Sometimes you have to sell. So, which you sometimes you have to sell your soul a little. You know, you have to. 
Well, you, you at least you need the success to have the capital to spend on a pet project. But I also think that's kind of going away in Hollywood. They don't do that anymore. Uh, you said the, so yourself once. Like you, you almost consider Quentin Tarantino to be the last auteur. Auteur, yeah, in yeah. Hollywood. I still, I still agree with that. Like, um, I, I don't. It's, it's very rare that you're going to find somebody who's like, I'm going to do this myself, no matter who gives me money to do it. You know, I will find a way. Um, Kevin Smith whores himself out as much as I love the guy, right? But, but you could just tell, like, he just he'll whore himself out to be able to get like what he wants done, and that's fine. It works for him, right? Um, He's also found a very niche formula for, um, rather than traditional, I'm going to release this film in all theaters, he just basically tours it. So he'll just hop on a plane and go around the country and sell tickets to like his film, to watch his film, and he does a Q&A afterwards. So he's like the in- he's kind of like a very weird independent way of doing it, but... Um, I I found this this kind of like deep dive into his background's a little weird to me. Like how he's like you're a surfer, so and then he almost gets caught under the wave, and then now he's like you know showing his life in California kind of thing. It's just kind of weird to me. Well, it's so you know his marriage fell apart when their daughter died. Yeah, and the 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 ex wife stayed in New York. He moved out to L A. And you know Mm -hmm. he surfs as a hobby. Well, between Ray. Um, I almost like think we should let this part play because I find the legal little dispute at the beginning of this movie kind of interesting. The legal dispute? Yeah. So, um, okay. So he's he's finding out. Who sends him the postcard? I think his agent like finds places to send them. I think. And so he's gonna go check. So when he find like they keep telling him that room's not available. That room's not available. And I said that should have been his first indication where mm-hmm. this tr- this hotel is trying everything. Okay, so let's let it. I'm gonna let this part go. How can I help you? Yeah, I'd like to stay in room 1408, please. That room is unavailable, sir. I didn't tell you which date. How about Saturday? It's unavailable. <laughs> Following Tuesday. Unavailable. <laughs> Next month. Unavailable. Next summer. And they just hang up on him. <laughs> he's so, like, he's trying to basically, he's like, when is this room available? So the, Click. so, you know, the premise of it is like, so they just don't want to let him stay in this room. Um, basically, I don't know if this is real or not, but it, you know, it's a, a movie. It's a it's a short story. There's a he finds a legal loophole that, based on an old on the books anti discrimination law, saying if a room is technically available, they can't refuse it. He has this like agent use a lawyer to force this hotel to let him stay in this room. And I love that because that. That should have been his indicator. Oh, I forgot Tony Shalhoub was in this movie. Oh, yeah, That should have been his indicator. The fact that, like, every place he goes, they just love to have him there. And this hotel is doing everything to keep him out. He should have known better. But, (laughs) But, like, that's the hubris. That's the... Here it is. Here it is. 400 bucks an hour. All right, Clay, what's up with the dolphin? Yeah, the dolphin, that stick-up-its-ass relic on Lexington. For a free plug, right? Well, you are gonna love what Clay's cooked up. He dug around and found you. Are you sitting down? A federal civil rights law, like somebody would discriminate against you. Well, to do right, guy. But the law is the law, right, Clay? Ergo, if the room's not occupied, they have to give it to you. Really? Yeah. I'll put. Something you can't handle. So, Mike, we'll book the room, and if they refuse, we'll rattle our sabers and file suit. So it's all done. Thanks. Thank you, boss. Right? Bye, Clay. Rattle our savers and file suit. Yeah. A yeah. uh, more personal note. Are you sure you want to come here? Yeah, of course. We'll make a solid closing chapter of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the routine, but... I mean, it's New York. All that happened. You really want to put yourself through that? Be quick. Are you going to call Lily? So it's interesting of just, like, do you really want to come back to New York and deal with whatever personal life you have to deal with even though he's just there just to stay in a room like yeah, wouldn't be like talking to, to the ex-wife wouldn't just be just a job but he's like you know are you sure you want to come like 
all your personal baggage is in New York. Are you sure you want to come to New York? It's like, no, I'm just here for work. That's it. Nothing, no more, no less. Yeah. Um, man, because we made this as for like a commentary movie, but there, there are so many parts of this movie I do want to just let play. <laughs> John, you've probably watched this movie more than I. You've probably. Watched I think this I've movie. seen it all the way through three times. I, and I, said, I found it. I watched it, and uh, like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm finding it, and it's the director's cut ending, and I'm like, "What the hell? This ending sucks." Where's my original ending? We'll get to that. You got to remember though, like I like reading the book and then going to this, or reading the story and going to the this. Um, yeah, you. It, it's it's I it's hard. Like it's it, because because the story had so much more, and then to this, they kind of built in this weird background to him to give him more character so um, but I do love the exchange between him and Samuel L. Jackson like that oh yeah whole, it's great yeah here I'll be back in a minute just uh, just continue to let it watch it paused no 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 go just watch it I can't unpause it I oh you hit pause okay I did not. Did not. There. It'll just be a minute, Mr. Ansley. Good evening, sir. Can I help you with your bag? No. Very well. Mr. Ansley. Girl, no limit. Dolphin. There's anything that I can do for you while you're here. General reservations, theater tickets, maybe a Knicks game, anything. Just tell me I am at your service. Well, if I could just get the key to 1408, I can get out of your hair. Oh, we were thinking of upgrading you to a penthouse. 1408, please. Insist or not. Could you please um, humor me by coming to my office for a more private conversation? Sure. Come in. Make yourself comfortable. 1408, that's comfortable. As a matter of fact, it is. Alright, sorry about that, man. Yeah, I just, this whole, yeah, this whole dialogue, like, this conversation is great. Oh, it's brilliant. Like, um. That's it. The, like, one of the other small details about John Cusack's character, because he quit smoking. But he, he keeps that one cigarette. He just puts it behind his ear. He gets he requests smoking rooms, but he just puts that one unlit cigarette in the ashtray. He doesn't smoke. He just keeps that cigarette with him. That's um, I think that's a Stephen King trait because uh, in uh, Misery, um, that he talks about like he does he doesn't allow himself to smoke until he's finished writing his novel. So like the guy, the guy, the no, the novelist in, in misery always has a cigarette just sitting in the ashtray, and as soon as he finishes the last thing, he then can light it up and smoke that cigarette. So I think I think that's a I think that's a Stephen King thing that that follow like probably a, his own personal trait that he adds into his all of his characters, or at least his writing characters. Records our conversation. Sir, you quite misunderstand the situation. Now, I know the Dolphin doesn't have the cachet of the plaza or the car line, but we... <clears throat> and again, at the end of this, it's literally Samuel Jackson trying to convince him not to stay in this room. Yeah, I love this whole part. Frankly, selfishly, I don't want you to check in 1408 because I don't want to clean up the mess. The hotels are all about presentation and fertile creature comforts. My training is as a manager, not a coroner. Under my watch, there have been four deaths. Four. After the last one, I forbade any guests from checking into 1408 ever again. The last one was David Hyde. What, the Donna's manic depressive, slit his wrist, self-surgery, turned himself into a eunuch, right? Seems that was homework. Oh, professional too. Well, grievously, in its 95-year existence, the hotel has seen seven jumpers, four overdoses, five hangings, three mutilations. Two stranglings. General Manager Gerald Olin is well-versed in the hotel's tragic history, dryly reciting the docket of carnage like a bookkeeper discussing his ledger. Wow. You think you're clever, don't you? I know the game. Well, during your investigation, did you 
discover the 22 natural deaths that have occurred in 1408? Natural death. <laughs> like, doesn't that tell you right there, like, all of these people have died? All told, there have been 56 deaths. Bingo. I love that. Mm. You're shitting me. You don't know anything. The causes of death in 1408 range from heart attack, stroke, drowning. Drowning? Yes, one Mr. Grady Miller drowned. That's hard to do. How did they do that? How did Interesting. It's all in here. It's got a hole. I will let you have this and give you access to my office. You can take notes. Put it all in your book. My only condition that you do not stay in that room. There's a piece of me that thinks like it's it's like he's almost testing him here, like saying, "You don't want me to stay here, mm-hmm. but you're doing it to scare me even more." Mm-hmm. Why the heck did that pause? You, um, you could, not you could almost see it like he can see it as a challenge. Yeah. But yeah, but I just think that he should have taken note of the exact opposite approach. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Olin. Olin is uh, Samuel Jackson's yeah, character. Yeah. He's taking the exact opposite approach of every other hotel manager he's ever dealt with. He should have taken that into account, but he didn't. Yeah. The first victim, Kevin O'Malley, sewing machine salesman. Checked into the hotel the first week it opened, October 1912. Oh, that's not the horrific part. Afterwards, in a fit of insanity, you don't have to stay. Bullshit. No one will ever know the difference. My readers expect the truth. Your readers, your readers expect grotesqueries and cheap thrills. The headless ghost of Mr. Eugene Rilsby still walks its abandoned farmhouse. Isn't that fucked up? <laughs> well, like he said, look what he noticed. It was the first week of the hotel's opening. And that leads to, this isn't like there was a horrific murder and now the room's haunted. There's just, why has this room always been screwed up? Yeah. From the opening of the hotel, it's just this one room. Why? What is up with this room? Because it's the number 13. And, alright, I, I will tell you this right now. This bleeds into the Dark Tower stuff. This movie, not spe- spe- specifically, but the short story does, in that you've read enough of the Dark Tower to know that the number 13 bleeds into... It was the number 19 in the book. The number 19? Oh, the Dark Tower. it was the number 19. Um... Somehow this ties into the Dark Tower a little bit, um, and I can't remember how, but um, but this, this the short story does. So. Brush my goddamn teeth right next to the tub where Sir David Smith drowned his whole family. And I stopped being afraid of vampires when I was twelve. They they think that the portal or something. There's theories that a portal that that ties back to. Uh, uh, the the gunslinger's world? world is part of world. that room. Yeah. Is there? So I can't talk to you about this. I think we've reached an understanding. He's, he lost any kind of potential faith in God he had after his daughter died. Yeah. He became a cynic after his daughter died. That's the other aspect of it. I love this little small detail about the room, too. It's like, for whatever reason, like, electronic card keys. It's an evil-looking room. I love that detail. <laughs> no electronics. They still... Yeah, they still need, like, a traditional key for that room. 
You know, it's amazing though too because there's a radio in that whoa, room. Whoa, whoa, right here. Yeah, I love that. I know. It's, like, it's not a ghost. It's not a poltergeist. It's not a demon. There's a, this room is wrong. It's, it <laughs> it's not, an it's evil. Not, this is not king room. It is not a traditional ghost story. There's yeah. just this room is wrong. But I love because the room doesn't kill people. The room entices you to suicide. It just this tries is, to force you to kill yourself. It doesn't kill you. This this is to me though where the movie failed where the book did so well the book made the room its own character this didn't come through as well like they could have done a really good job of making this room its own character that's the unfortunate part to me okay well this is where we part company this is as close as I get to 1408 unless it's that time. See you tomorrow. Mr. Insulin. Please. Don't do this. Ah, uh, fuck. Also, the other thing, too, is like technically in any hotel, the 14th floor is technically the 13th floor. Yeah. So this is the thirteenth room, fourteen oh eight on the thirteenth floor. So I won't call you about those next tickets. You know what? I just thought it occurred to me. Does it? Does it mean like? Because they said it's been. So the hotel is 90 years old or 95 years old. There's been there has been 56 deaths total. He only knew about like the 14 suicides or whatever, like or the 25. He said there's 22 natural deaths in the room. Yeah. And the other. So the so does that mean there have been people that have stayed in this room and nothing happened to them or what? like you you have to wonder about that oh, right because oh, oh, so I, one thing I look maybe you need, I. You can always... Something is already wrong. This is one of the subtle details of this movie. He's not even in the room yet. Something is already wrong. Even though the things don't start happening for another few minutes, you can tell in this part. Like, it's already started. How is that? Subtle... Oh, he's walked back to the elevator. Yeah, because he can't find the room. He's literally walked in a circle. Somebody wrote, my brother was eaten by wolves on the Connecticut Turnpike. The flies. That's kind of an interesting, like... Flies typically equal evil, like, possessed, like, dead bodies. Yeah, I I just, like, like, I love the fact that this is already... And all of a sudden, he's just at the room, like... He walked past it the first time. He's at 1406, walks past it, suddenly ends up back at the, um... The elevator. The elevator. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, if I, if I had, like, experienced what he has experienced in this room, I might think I was tripping balls. Like, I might be like, I'm high. <laughs> My question here is because he's entering the room cautiously. Do you think he's actually freaked out, or is it more of just like him being skeptical? Like, what what makes you think that like maybe like the things that the manager said to him have actually gotten to him? Hmm. Now, the other thing, too, is this room is not as dated as you would imagine it being 100 years old. Like, there's, like, new furniture. You know, it's obviously yeah. been taken care of. So, in that aspect... The manager you think, flat out said, he's like, we, we're very professional. We do take care of this room. So, that's the question, is, like, obviously, besides maybe the wallpapers being dated or what, but have people, like, come in here and renovated this room without any issues? 
What makes the room want to kill people? <laughs> the TV works. And if he like goes to the porn section, the porn section, like, yeah, the TV. He doesn't select anything, but he like he goes to it like. <laughs> Has a Bible in it, like every room? Mm hmm. I love as he starts to describe it, and that's when things start to go wrong. Yeah. Like when he notices problems. And I, I'm thinking about, like, Samuel Jackson, Olin, like Samuel Jackson's character, like. <laughs> Mini fridge. But you know, he's down in his office just stressing right now. Yeah. Ugh. And that's funny, the thermostat's broken. <laughs> Which actually leads deeper into the movie itself, too. The third and final. Horses, hounds, British lords. Some smart ass spoke about the banality of evil. Cusack. He is probably one of my favorite actors. Now, obviously his roles as of late have sucked, but... <clears throat> I love it. Here it starts. And with that song that you were just basically... White lace and promise. The mints are back. <laughs> I love how he tries to play it cool at the beginning here. Yeah, he's like, I was nothing. But yeah, well, he's, did I eat he's these fucking things? <laughs> Bravo, Olin. <laughs> the, the mints on the pillow back. are back. Yeah. And he's eating them. <laughs> Which I think someone's in. The, so now he's like that skeptic in him is coming out because now he's looking around for who's in the room trying to scare him. And look, because he used the toilet paper, and it's folded again. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen that in a hotel in a long time. I actually, because I was just in Cancun, and I did see they did it in the hotel room there. So. Do the paper I love that. <laughs> it goes for Tundra and Service. figured that the guy would have made it out the door if, if there was some because like you know well presumably wouldn't you have heard the door <clears throat> that's true over the music though because you gotta imagine that music was probably pretty loud yeah oh I forgot about the talking voice in the vent voice yeah isn't there isn't there a voice in the vent that he starts to hear later on 
Room. Or maybe I'm wrong about it. Good evening. Are you ready to check out? Check out? No, 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 no. Check out, check out. No, why would I check out? Especially with this wonderful maid service. It's so discreet. No, no, no. I need you to send somebody to fix my thermostat. Room's on fire. Of course, sir. We'll send an engineer right up. You will? Absolutely. Thermostat that doesn't work. It does lend itself to, like, throughout this whole thing, what's real, what's not real, right? Like, you have to start questioning that. Is, like, you, you have to, as you're watching this, you have to wonder, like, you, you're going, oh, okay, he's, you know, he talked to, like, the real person on the phone, dude. But then you have to wonder, like, when he made that call, is that the room talking to him, or is that actually well, room service? At this point, no, because they actually do send somebody up to fix the thermostat, or... Like he said, but he doesn't like out. that guy's not again. You have to question like, is that guy real or not? Because of everything that happens in this film, I guess you're right. You do have to question that. Like reality, and it doesn't happen all. until the second viewing where you go, where you go, is this stuff you actually really, happening? Like, yeah, to you? you have to. Yeah, you watch this movie a second time, and you're like, what can I really trust in this movie? Uh huh. Because that's what I'm saying. Technically speaking, things actually started to go wrong in the hallway. Before yeah. he ever got to the room. <laughs> I'm surprised that... Well, it's probably because this movie's not as popular, but there's not a theory that like all of this is played out in his head after the surfing accident, right? Because that usually happens. Like, oh, there was a surfing accident, he got knocked unconscious, and he's lying dead on the beach. And this is just him reliving, you know, something in his head or something like that, right? Um, but this is awesome. Him walking around with a black light and seeing the... Like, exit the blood splatter and putting the, you know. <laughs> the visualization to everything. Which, I mean, staying in any hotel room, you're going to see this kind of shit no matter what, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would never walk around a hotel room with a black light. It'd freak me the hell out. <laughs> just, it's just better just, not to know. Yeah, it's just, what fluids am I laying in? I don't care. Oh, yeah, the picture frame tilting. There was, um, and this is the way that they described Roland as well in the Gunslinger series, but the type of guy who would find, they describe, it was described this way in the book, but the type of guy who would, um, straighten picture frames in weird places like and that's how they described his character so it's interesting that they did this in this movie to kind of like highlight that that's his character yeah I find it interesting he straightened it and then actually made it crooked the opposite direction yeah I know Meanwhile, it's starting to go crazy already. What does it look like? Come on. The box is right over here. It's stuck around 80. This guy. And the box is right here. I know where the hell it is, but I ain't going in this room. You just have to walk six or seven feet. I said I ain't going in. You know what happened in here? Yes, I'm well aware of that. Look, I'll talk you through it. Any yeah. jackass can fix that thing. I'm not going in here. Okay, now, above that coil, there's a little tube filled with mercury. That's supposed to activate the contact switch. This hotel's so goddamn old, half the shit in here don't work. Just tap the damn thing. Yeah, there it is. Oh, then it gets too cold. That's what I find funny. Um, this actor that plays the um, the maintenance guy is in a lot of different things, uh, but he always plays a bit actor. Um, but every single time I see him, like it's always kind of an enjoyable experience.
see? <laughs> did he did he dip the fuck out or was this just all in his head? Yeah, you know, you saw him leaving there, but He's already starting to get unsettled. Like this is the, oh, that's the oh funny yeah, thing. you know, because yeah, remember he had never experienced anything, so I think. And again, the radio pops on, creepy ass song. <laughs> and then. 60 minutes <laughs> counting down to what <laughs> so if this yeah, was me I would have what, do you, the fuck what does a person do what does a person do with a countdown that they don't know what it's counting down to exactly And then suddenly ringing. See, I would dip the fuck out. I really would. Look like at this point. There's pride keeping him there. Yeah. And so this is kind of cool. Yeah, like he can't hear anything, even when his head's out the window at the New York. Is his head out the window? No. Police car driving by. Really good use of sound here. Oh! But yeah, it is. It's a really good use of sound if you think about that. Like, just like using sound to kind of play with you. Being in his position, though, where you have been to all these different places and you've never experienced anything, and then all this happens to you in one room. Yeah. See, I, I would have dipped the fuck out. I would have been like, oh, and you're right. I'm done. Well, he tries. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, that room using that song is such a taunt. To, like, we've only just begun. You realize this? We've only just begun. I'm gonna fuck with you. I'm checking out. I'm hurt. Do you understand? My goddamn head is hurt. If you leave your dry cleaning out by 10 a.m., you will have a press return by 5. Shit, bitch! Call me a cab to the nearest hospital! I'm hurt! Do you comprehend what I'm telling you? Sucked into the keyhole. 
So what's going on with the people in like 1410 and 1406, like 1407 and 1409? Like, yeah. does none of this affect them? Well, and that lends itself to a question: Is like, if this is, if there's some paranormal shit going on, is it, is it just like, where, where is like? Can anybody see him? Can anybody hear him? Like, even this right here just turns out to be him. Like, he's got... It doesn't, it doesn't start as him, though. It doesn't? Watch. See, now it's him. Like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it started as somebody sitting on the couch. So, like, if you think about it in those terms, like, he's in his own... Like, this is, like, this room has become its own world, right? You know? Yeah, basically. Separated from reality. And reality just changes whatever, however it wants at any given moment. Yeah. Which, which again, gives credence to the fact of, like, if, if you think about it in terms of the Dark Tower, what we perceive as, um, uh, like, supernatural activity I, is, I love like... This. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like one of the few jump scares in the movie, but yeah. that wasn't the part I was thinking about when I said I love this, but uh But still like yeah. Like all of a sudden like, you see that guy behind him. Yeah, that's like one of the few jump scares in the whole movie. But no the thing with the lamp, that's what I love this. Oh yeah, this like shining of it. Well he drops it out the window. Oh, yeah, yeah, it disappears, doesn't it? Yeah, like, but it, like, blinks out of existence, like, digitally, like. Once again, you know, where this room is at doesn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like this room is a pocket dimension. It's. Mm Mm-hmm. And now he starts to hear his daughter's voice. And that's what makes the original ending to, m- to me my favorite. Because he can hear it on the recorder. Because his ex-wife can hear it on the recorder. Like, to, there's a certain element that all this was real after all. But we'll get so to that. This, I, don't know uh, which in- I don't know which ending we're going to see with this one. I'm hoping we see that one. But According to everything ending. that I read is like the original, the theatrical ending, the one that you're expecting is, is what's, what's in here, so... This is like his Maybe, last uh, bit of disbelief. Yeah. What a way to mess with you, though, is to take, like, one of your, like, darkest memories. Alright. I'm gonna give you something freaky that I didn't notice before. The clock on the countdown is time to the movie. So. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you almost have to think now that everything that's happening is real time. Not movie time. Except for the tank, the countdown ends. So he starts to that's think there's true. something hallucinogenic in the, the booze that he gave him. Yeah, yeah. The chocolate. Yeah, that's... It's funny. I forgot about that. He did think that something was going on in the chocolate. I just need to write this out. Well, like, just as he psychs himself up, something new happens. Like, you know. He's like, okay, I can take care of this. I can do this. I just need to write it out. It's a home video... On the TV in the room, like the t- yeah, the TV in the room starts playing a home video. It's just like, damn, <laughs> daughter and mother. What a way to mess with you. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, because the room doesn't kill you; it tries to make you kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, because it can't. It can't. 
physically kill you, right? It can only it can only send you things that will will drive you mad. Which, which is interesting that the so you have to wonder the natural deaths. These are just like people who just couldn't handle it and had heart attacks or something, right? You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, like, so, so you have the you have the upper because you've read the short story, so you know better than I do. But I just can't help but enjoy this movie. It just really, really does to me what a good scary story should do. It does. It does horror well for you. Yes. Which admittedly comes from a person who does not like horror. Yeah. I will say that one of you, outside of the Dark Tower, um, I still not a fan of how the Dark Tower ended. Um, I love this though, like him seeing now the, this guy jump out the. You can just jump out it's, the window like this guy it's did. Starting to, it's starting to replay people that have made the decision before. Like this is the solution. Yeah, you want out. This is how. This is. I'll let you out. But it ends with you. It, it's almost like why, like why does the room want people to die? Damn, I need your help. Like it's almost like the room demands a sacrifice. And the baby. Oh, I forgot about this. Um. You notice that the painting is also skewed again. Mm-hmm. So, and this is outside of this, but I I do have to say that one of my favorite Stephen King books is Bag of Bones. I don't know if you've ever read it or heard about it, but if you just want like a really damn good story, that's one to read, man. And then the room itself starts to be destroyed. Yeah. Is that the first destruction of the room right there? The chair? That's the beginning of it. Other than, like, the lamps he's knocked over and stuff, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, the lamps were never broken. They just got knocked over, so... Where's my garden? What is this? Is this his dad? Did he put his dad in a home? Is that what's what happened? Alzheimer's and all that stuff. So the room uses somebody's essential, like what they're ashamed of, as a way to get them to kill themselves. Perhaps.
<laughs> Trying to convince himself that he's real. said here it comes like let, all right let's see what the room's gonna do next so one thing that this movie doesn't unfortunately do is give a chance for the audience to rest like there's no and, I, and there shouldn't really be but at, at some point like i feel like with good horror you have to give a moment downtime like, is crucial yeah, like if you just continue it, to like, it, it it makes the punches all the stronger. Exactly. And the unfortunate part is like the the downtime is him like talking to himself for two minutes about how how he's going crazy, and then suddenly something starts to go wrong, where you almost need him doubting what he's seeing at some point, you know. It's, it's kind of like if you walk through a haunted house, right? Like, the really solid haunted houses are one that give you, like, you know, a couple minutes to, like, rest and relax and just walk around yeah. and see things. Like, oh, everything's okay. Yeah, it's it, fine. It, it makes the, the high points all the stronger. Yeah. And that false sense of security, that's another crucial element of horror. The false sense, false of, security sense of security ripping it away from you. Yeah. Like, um, you know, we were talking about, like, Michael Myers suddenly showing up behind you, but there is kind of a moment where they run away from Michael Myers, and everything's safe, and everything's secure, and they can breathe deeply for a minute, and you're like, oh, cool, and they turn around, and suddenly he's right there, right in front of them, you know, takes away that that sense of security, you're done, like, nope, and that motherfucker can teleport anywhere. It's, it's interesting that he's this desperate to get out of the room that he decides that he's gonna walk off the ledge of the hotel, walk on the ledge of the hotel. Thinking he can escape. <laughs> Again, room. It's got to be in this weird pocket dimension. There's only the two rooms. <laughs> only the two windows on that whole ledge. So where is he right now? That's the question. If you believe in the supernatural, he's in his own hell, right? Mm-hmm. Or is the influence of the room make him feel or see what he's seeing, right? She just blinks out into existence. But it does make you like the influence of the room makes you only see these two rooms. Main, meanwhile, maybe somebody sees the fact that he's out in the ledge, like walking past their room. It's only his room. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck with you. Ha ha ha.
then now the room's changed. Like the the second window in the bedroom's gone. Yeah. Or the second yeah the second window's gone. It's a prison now. Which they really like. It, I love how that that comes up. Hotels are a natural creepy place because they really are. Like you think about the shared energy in any room, like the the different like. There's a lot of things that have maybe happened in that hotel room that you don't know. Like uh, think about um. Uh, what was the movie? Uh, Four Rooms. I love you know, they find the just finding a dead hooker in the hotel room, right? You know, <laughs> uh, what kind of guy would do this? <laughs> Reliving his worst moment, his daughter dying. Now he's in complete dark, listening to his daughter's voice. thermostat's gone back down so the thermostat's sitting at 40 he's now looking for a jacket trying to huddle for warmth essentially afraid that he's gonna freeze and he's trying to make a call out of the hotel room remember electronics don't work in the hotel in the room he's trying to call his ex-wife Ex-wife being dismissive of him as he's trying to explain the situation. Now the room is messed with his electronics. Won't let him make a call out, so that way the room will not let him go. Turn on the sprinklers, and now he is... now soaked and meanwhile the thermostat's blowing cold air as it's 40 degrees inside the room (laughs) 